0: Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. So, Jesus, man, we just thank you for what you're doing in the lives of so many and how his birth years and years and years ago. When you breathed life out of your mouth, you set forth galaxies and stars, you looked down and said, it is good. Your spirit was hovering over the earth. You created plants, you created animals, fishes and seas, bumblebees, and you even created horses for the bluegrass. God, then you got to us. For one purpose, to worship you. To experience you. To feel what it means to be loved. And to go share that to the very end of the age. Lord, today I just pray that those who are here experience your name experience your word experience your spirit in a way that challenges them that moves them so we become more devoted towards you jesus that's my prayer as we dive into what love builds and god we give you all the credit and glory for everything that's about to happen in your name amen hey, amen why want you guys grab a seat So if I hadn't had a chance to meet you, my name is Jason, I'm the lead pastor here at Centerpoint, and it's been one of those moments of clarity for a lot of people as we sort of hike up three flights of stairs. I'm sorry about that, you know. That's what happens when you get on the elevator and you play. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, That's that's what happens when you have an old, old 1942 elevator. By the way, that is an older elevator. Uh, But it it does happen every once in a while. So thank you for being flexible this morning and uh, hiking up those stairs. Like Jeff said, I think we did the math right. Three flights of stairs equal 275 calories. So congratulations. You, you walked it up, and as you walk back down, you can say, that's 500 calories. That's more than you did in a week. So, hey, congratulations. Yeah, now you can go get some tacos. So, um, uh, you don't have to run to the border. You can just run to the green room. So, uh, get your green card. I don't know. That's just a bad joke. Um, but, hey, love, love built this. Love built this, right? Hey, if you're new to us, I'm sorry. So, it's just one of those things. It, it, love built this. When we, when we started our movement, um, uh, and called it Centerpoint, uh, and following Jesus back in 2012, um, what an amazing moment that, that Jesus was already doing, uh, using individuals and to launch a movement uh, of, of disciple makers, and not just a physical location, because it wasn't about a building. It was literally about the hearts of those who desired to want more. And, and see, locations are just opportunities, opportunities to build on. And that's what, that's what a location is. We We actually call this, base, this place called Home Base, and that's what the loft is to us right now. But if you understand how Jesus works and you understand the word of God, and, and if, you, if you dove into his word lately, you begin to see that he was never in the same place. And as he went, that's where church happened because where two or more are gathered, what? There's church. And it, and it becomes more of a movement that can be the catalyst, the catalyst that can change the world. And that's exactly what Jesus did. You see, when we started, it's it, 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 seriously, if you don't know the story, it started in a hammock. It started in a hammock in my backyard, and, and from that there, it, it multiplied into a fire pit through conversations. It moved to a tailgate around a big bonfire with a bunch of people. And then from there, we moved from house to house to house, and we sort of outgrew all the houses. And then, then, then we were blessed to utilize a local gym and a, and a school system. And then from there, a local park, and then more parks, and eventually almost every park in Danville. And then we got into an old rundown building, a, a, a church right down the street. And eventually, God revealed this location right here at the Loft on Main. And what an amazing location it once was when we first walked in these doors and we saw some 1960 teal paint. Let me tell you about it. Lead paint all the way, baby. But the Loft-on-Main has been an amazing journey for us. And since then, we have constantly seen people come to know Christ for the very first time. If you don't know the story, go out and look in the orange room. Those strings of light bulbs in that orange room represent people over the last four and a half years who have devoted their life to Jesus and have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That room was a very dark room when we first started. But since then, hey, go look at it. It is bright. And it is full. Yeah, that's right. You can clap. You can get excited about that because that's what we're about. And we've seen constantly people come to know Christ for the very first time. People changing what they care about and becoming fully devoted followers. And, and, And that phrase that we use, change lives, that what change lives has happened. Year after year after year, it's continued to multiply, just like the song you sang. Truly, who would have ever imagined that a corner of 3rd and Main, we would have been able to experience this type of movement that has created a ripple, a ripple effect in history for the gospel. I don't think anybody could have imagined that. But God did. He knew. He knew he was going to use people like, ordinary people like me, you, a motley crew of misfits. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, one person back there is raising his hand and going, that's me, it's holding me. But we are a bunch of shaved head, motley crew, just me, right? We got two. Misfits who desperately desire Jesus. And we have been able to see people come to experience Jesus that changes lives, that change lives. I still remember (laughs) I still remember the first time we were able to do a live service here, uh, here up in the loft, and and, and it was kind of an interesting moment. If you don't know the story, it was a rainy season, and I mean rainy. It rained like 28 inches of rain in in, in a 16-week period. It was probably the wettest summer we've ever recorded in 2012. When we first moved up here, um, it had not rained on us in any of the parks. When rain would come in, it would go like this. It was God's favor. It was like God's umbrella. It was awesome. At at the end, we were just like, come on, rain, bring it on. You know, we knew it would not rain on us. But the day we moved up here, it was like Noah's Ark. Every animal was lined up on the sidewalk ready to get in because it rained like six inches of rain. Rain was pouring in the walls. It was coming through the windows. We had buckets. It was coming through the ceiling. But yet here we stood in this little small corner right over here. Everybody fit from this pole to that window with lawn chairs, all 25 of us look at us now i'm not bragging about numbers and how this is a full packed out room but what i want you to realize that changed lives do change lives and the gospel does multiply if you do something about it it wasn't meant to sit in a box or on your table it was meant to be shared through your voice And I remember how we gathered and we witnessed that morning with that screen made out of a bed sheet. And I believe there were a couple dead birds over there in that corner right over there. Just being honest. We've come a long way. Haven't got the elevator fixed yet, but we got the birds picked up. That wasn't a sacrifice neither, by the way. Just saying it on air. Since then, though, man, what has God done? What has he been up to? If we give the microphone and we just had a moment where we could just talk about what love builds and how he's built, we'd hear story after story after story of how he's changed lives. And so we gather here to declare to the world that Jesus is alive and well, and we wanted just to come and simply worship him and make his story famous for a city. Because he's not just a story to be remembered or told during Easter or Christmas, but it's someone to experience, to know, to trust, and to follow if we open our eyes to see what's next and take a leap of faith and decide to follow him. And see, if you're here as our guest here today, and, and we're so glad you're here. If you, if you came because of a friend invited you, then this might be an unusual experience worshiping God at the top of a Chase Bank. But I, I just want you to, Relax in the arms of Jesus. And maybe you rarely ever step into faith environments or go to church because the percentages that we know of say that that's true. I just want you to know that you are, you are so welcome here. And we are overwhelmed with gratitude that you have chosen to worship with us today here in the loft especially as we decide to launch publicly for the first time, this idea of called love built this. You see, we, we just wanted to do life together with, with one another in a way that we can experience Jesus that multiplies in ways that only he can get the credit, but that only comes through his love, not ours. What's crazy is more than 2,000 years ago, God sent his son to us to experience something that only God literally got the credit for. You see, Jesus walked among among us. Jesus embraced us. He loved us. And then he suffered for us on the cross. And he died for us. But in that death, he made a way for life for us through love. And when he rose from the dead, when he rose from the dead, when he rose from the dead, Jesus created a new story for us. And he continues to teach us, guide us, love us. And and we are here now to experience Jesus, the one and real Jesus, the one who launched the original movement, love built that and put it in motion. You see, I'm convinced that the most hardened heart can become wide open to Jesus if if we relentlessly pursue them and introduce them to what reckless love really looks like. We sing a song now that's written by Corey Asbury. It's called Reckless Love. I love it. How Jesus leaves the 99 and chases after me and there's no darkness, there's no mountain, there's no nothing that can't stop him from getting to us. And I believe it. Cause he got to me. He got to me, and if he can get to me, he can get to you. Not, not what we really dive into now is 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 is, is, is not just what we want, desire. It's, it's, it's what God wants from us. He truly is, he wants more and more from us. He, wants, he needs us to literally trust him in a way that can radically change our culture. And if we sort of dive into it, this reckless love, and be obedient to it in a way that can change lives, because we live in an area that's, that's really good at, at going to church, Right? Just going to church because we live in the Bible Belt, this Western world of theology, this culture. We we know Jesus. We say Jesus. We even wear Jesus on tattoos, shirts, crosses, necklaces. We might even have our favorite scripture tattoo on our arm just because we can't remember it. But the truth be told, he's not here. He's just here. And that's 18 inches I'm sorry that you'll miss heaven on. Because God's asked for so much more. You see, what I've realized over time is people teach a lot of things and and they teach their opinions. But I want us to really lean in and follow what Jesus said when he said he commanded us to love God and love others. Think about this for one moment. Who is that person that you think is shut down or the door is closed from the gospel or locked up and never will be open to Jesus at all? Who is that one person right now that's coming to your image in your brain? I'm telling you, if we just keep loving them and caring for them and praying for them, did you hear the word praying? I'll say it again, and praying for them. Some of you you guys do this, I'll pray, I'll pray for you. That's just straight up blasphemy, you don't do it. I mean, it will not happen. If you don't do it, if you don't stop what you're doing and you pray for that person, I'm telling you, this is how the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy what could be. If we pray for them and we keep investing into them, I know it may be messy and it may be more messy than you're willing to go, but how messy was the cross or the trip up? You see, I know it comes with hangups and it hurts and, and there's habits along the way, but if you're going to find your one day, those doors are going to be wide open to the gospel when you continue to love his way. We just have to be willing to follow Yahweh. We have to be willing to head down the same path with Jesus with these words, long obedience in the same direction. Long obedience, if you're taking notes, long obedience in the same direction could be the words that you need to hear today. And I know that person will have traveled many miles, many, many miles, gone through many, many, many storms and probably some natural disasters that will cause them to hit rock bottom But whoever that image was that popped up, I promise you, they will find Jesus if you continuously pursue Jesus. And what I know is changed lives do change lives. What about those relationships that you think can never be repaired inside the church? Or just family dynamics? Setting around Easter moments, or hey, Mother's Day's coming up, right? Just write down the the week when people gather around tables, and you know that you just have a something that's sore that that somebody has messed with you over time, and you just you you it's like a it's like a it's like a thorn. Like when you start doing gardening, and all of a sudden you get a thorn in there. What happens? you notice it really well later on that night because it festers up and it just looks horrendous and it hurts. Anywhere you touch it, it hurts. ow. And the only way to, to feel comfort or feel relief is to what? To get it out. It's almost equivalent to like if we have a big mat up here, a big rug, and every time there's an incident, we just sweep it underneath the rug. Eventually, you're gonna have a big pile and you're gonna trip over it and you're gonna have a what? A catastrophe in the family. You see, I... I believe there's some relationships even in here that's either festered or there's something so big on the mat that you've tripped over it multiple times and just simply because you won't allow Jesus to clean it out. You see, whatever's happened in your past and and you long to see them healed or or that relationship be healed and potentially they could become open to the gospel again and seek Jesus in a whole new way. They could receive this gift of love because they opened the door and you were willing to to welcome them in and you were ready because you devoted yourself to Jesus in a way that changed your life. Or maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. You know that your future, that you think you have lost. Maybe you were a teenage girl that had sex and you got pregnant. Or maybe you chose some options in college that really didn't end up well. Or maybe in high school you did something that caused shame on your family. Or maybe you got a divorce and you said it was all over. Maybe you're going through that mess right now. Maybe you're financially bankrupt and you're just like, I've lost everything. Those dreams that I desired will never happen. That tomorrow that never seems to come around is gone. I want you to know that Jesus wants to give you a wide open future. He wants you to do things in your life that is bigger than you could ever think or imagine or dream because he wants you to see what he sees. Perfect possibilities through his love. The only way you begin to experience an open life is becoming an open person and receiving what God is giving in John 1.12, it says you must receive in order to believe, to become a child of the one you're king. A lot of people gravitate to Jesus and they just say, oh, I believe, but you never received the gift of love in the first place, so it's really hard for you to, to believe, especially during tough times because we're pretty strong. You see, the only way you can experience is to open your life and receive what God's giving. You have to open yourself to Jesus and experience his love in a way that completely alters your trajectory and becomes a catalyst for our community. For many of people that are hearing this, you are agreeing with it, but the truth is you know this in your head, but your heart is sterile. How do I know? Because you talk to me. People post things on Facebook. People post things on social media. And what I will say this next statement is so true. When Jesus enters the house, everything changes. It simply does. And you won't post what you posted. You won't do what you do. That word won't slip out anymore. Simply because of who you are in Jesus. You see, you talk differently, you live differently, you act differently, you dress differently, you, you begin to love differently. Think about a drunk, by the way. Come on, think about it. If a drunk starts to in, inhale the spirits, right, he begins to talk kind of funny. And then he begins to walk kind of funny. He walks differently, he talks differently, and he actually kind of smells different. But, you know, he, he, he looks different in every appearance. Shouldn't that be the way we look? When we receive the Spirit of God, we should act differently. We should talk differently. We should love differently. We should literally be different. In First Peter, it says, you are different. You are chosen. You are called out ones. You are the ones who are different. See, we did not know what our next steps were when we launched this idea. We just trusted Jesus with a yes and we threw it on the table and he has always provided the rest. Even when we didn't have enough resources, we just trusted he would and we just wrote the check and there it was. And God's provided it every single step of the way. We just knew it was going to be a journey with these words, long obedience in the same direction. These words moved us to an idea that if we wanted to do ministry like Jesus did, we had to keep it simple. It could no longer be about us. It had to go through us and not to us. You see, what God launched through love, through Jesus, was designed to go through us and not ultimately to us. And a lot of, a lot of culture, a lot of church go and love people. I love them to death, but sometimes they do this with their love that they have received. They cross their arms and they said, on rows just like you are today. We just receive the love and it ends there. But it wasn't supposed to end there. When you receive it, you're supposed to multiply outwards. Jesus commanded us to go make what? And if I wish to be bold enough to ask this question, in here who's made a disciple in Christ I would dare say that we've all made disciples in something but a Christ follower is probably the one we haven't done yet yet you claim to be a Christian I'm just drawing some tension in the room because love, the, that thing that took place on Calvary, that, that thing when he sent his son in John 3, 16, the verse most people know in the world, for God so what? The world, come on, say it with me. For God so loved the that he what? Yeah, he did. And when he did, it, it allowed us to receive it in a way that was designed to go through us, not to us. You see, everything that Jesus taught when he was on this earth and when he really started amping up his ministry at age 30, when he really went all in with his motley crew of 12 misfits. Later, if you don't know the story, it's pretty cool. I mean, he just, he, he didn't choose the religious people today and time, he chose people who were the lowest of the lowest. He went out and chose the people who were unclean because they were hanging out at the fishermen, the tax collectors. The guys who, who built carpentry stuff. I mean, he, he went after these folks because he knew they were ordinary people. And when, when the religious folks saw ordinary people doing things that literally changed lives, they would ask questions who's responsible for this? And ultimately, he would point back to his father. You see, everything that Jesus taught was designed to be reproduced and wrapped in a simple message, reproducible language of his new kingdom that he was building. What we know is Jesus intended that his followers would immediately reproduce this culture of love because that's all they knew. They didn't know church. They knew love, which multiplies. That could change a world. Answer me this, why is it that just 200 years after Jesus' death and burial, resurrection that half the known world were Christians and Christ followers? Because they couldn't shut up about his love. That changed their lives. Yet we were the most technologically advanced society and culture on the face of this planet and not half the known world is Christ followers. And they did it with just one thing, their mouth. And they went, and they went, and they went. Wherever there was an opportunity, they went because it was going through them and not to them. You see, when the gospel goes through us, there's always a new beginning. There's always a beginning, something new that they can create. Everybody has the gift of creating something new. It comes through you. It goes through you. And we learn to teach others by following what the Bible says. And we put it into application like Acts 2 says. They devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostles. They prayed together. They broke bread together around the table. You see, they also created tension constantly. They created tension in everybody's lives simply because when they see something that's acting out of, out of center of Jesus' love, they just asked, Hey, can we test it? Can we test it? it? Can we test it in a way that creates tension by getting our attention? Or what we're maybe doing wrong? However, when the gospel destination ends with us and it goes to us, then this approach sees Jesus as a personal, like a genie in a bottle. You know, we get to sort of just lean into it and rub on it and like a magic chant to get the results we desire. God, I just want to meet that person, that one special person. God, I want, I'd like to just get out of this debt. God, I just want a new home. God, we just want a child. God, I just... Because it ends with me. It's only for my benefit It avoids all the tension and pain and never ripples or multiplies because it ended with us because it's a very legalistic type of religion and it was designed for me. You see, that's not the Jesus that I read about in the scriptures when I read and I dive in and I go wholeheartedly chasing after him. That's not the Jesus that died on the cross. That's not the following that he created when he said, follow me. It was designed to go outward. Why? Why did it do this way? Because he was about changed lives. You see, Jesus was about his church multiplying through his people because it's the single greatest way to change the world. Think about it. How did that first century church do it? Did they, they gather up everybody and let, let's have this big, huge study. Let's have this new this newest study out. It's just really cool. It's a study, you know. We're just gonna focus on the study. Did they open up their Bible? Did they, uh, they crack this big, huge scrolls along, you know? how they do it? Did they have social media? No, they had none of that. They didn't even have a Bible, guys. They, got to, they actually got to experience the word. <laughs> in John, it says the word, right? They're talking about Jesus, by the way. They, they got to experience him in a way that literally changed their lives. They told their love for Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith, and they went out and changed the world. And they were not afraid. They were bold. In Acts four twenty nine, it says they were bold. And they were bold. And they were bold. They were courageous, and they went out chasing after love. And so that is why, that is why a movement of like-minded people launched a church culture that wanted to be focused on nothing but Jesus, for Jesus, and in Jesus. Center point was designed for Jesus. It was a church that was made simple as we wrapped around it, these action words you see on this wall over here that says centering, pointing, and living in Jesus. When we put these words into action in our lives, we become more devoted towards Christ, In order to do that, you have to do two of the hardest words that I have found in the Scriptures. These two words in the Scriptures are found in Matthew 4, 19, and 20. And these two words are the most challenging two words you will probably hear today. But these two words are, follow me. It says in verse 19, it says, come, Come and follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to what? Build a church? No, I didn't say build a church. Did it say you're gonna build some walls? No, it didn't say that. It says, I'm gonna send you out to what? Fish. I love the fish. Ain't nothing greater than some fishing. But it is not regular fishing. It says fish for what? People people. We're going to fish for people. And it says at once they left their nets and they followed him. Now, I don't know if you can understand the text and how it's phrasing this, but here's some fishermen that's out there fishing. So he's using an analogy that they can understand, that they get it. They understand what fishing means. And now we're going to go fish for people. But when was the last time that you decided to follow Jesus and you left the most important thing in your life. You see, we have a value here at Center Point. It says, I will give up the things I love for the thing I love more. This is exactly what his first group of disciples did. They loved him. They watched him. And they wanted to follow him. And they left everything to do it. You see, over the years, that we have been able to fish for people, and to the point, it's overwhelming at times, if I'm honest. From our Love Loud Now opportunities, our blitzes, even planting churches, we've already been a part of planting churches here in our states and abroad. It's been fun to watch how church plants pop up when we fully chase after the gospel. I love how we partner with other like-minded organizations here in our city and state, and we just, we see something great. We just, we just want to f- fuel that flame and, and we fan it in a way, just like 2 Timothy says, and we give, op- we give resources away like no other. I'm really proud of our little church, how we multiply the dollar in a way that changes lives. I love the fact that when we were sitting around four years ago and we just said, you know, we're missing on something, we're, we're off centered on something. And so we decided we were just gonna go full in. We launched a, a vibrant student discipleship culture that creates movement for the gospel called Living Room. And it has allowed student after student experience Jesus. And you heard a little bit about this morning, but people get to come to know Jesus in a way that changes their life because they are not church planners of tomorrow. They are church planners now for the gospel of Jesus. We create an environment for kids where they want to come back because they feel loved and they get to hear the gospel in a way that is relevant to them and it changes their lives. And we say all this not to to say, Look at us, but to say, Look at his amazing love in process. Look at what he has done. His love is multiplied. His love is building something more. And we are just literally on the, the brinks of something that I don't even understand. And the only thing we're asked to do is follow, to follow. Now, as we unpack this message here in the next five minutes, you're like, wait a minute, that message? What have we been, let's do the last 20 minutes, Like I said, unusual Sunday, so welcome. But if we unpack this, love built this. What does those three words mean to you? Why are those three words so important to you? What I know is this, love has changed me. Love has caused me to change what I care about because I constantly have to ask this question that we have asked before on occasions. But this one question, if we claim to follow Jesus, if we, if we fully want to devote our lives to him, if we want to see changed lives that change lives that change lives to the fourth generation, that question is this. If you really follow who God is, what does love require of me? What does love require of me? And you have to own that question. It's not just something tricky we throw up on the screen. It's something that literally can change lives, and you have to answer it. You see, in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 22, verse 26, if you're taking notes, if you got your Bible, turn it on or flip to it. If you don't have a Bible, man, we give away Bibles. By the way, we've given over Hundreds of Bibles in the back. Away, if you need one, man, take it or take give to somebody who needs it. We love the fact that we can get the Word of God in people's hands, and so by all means, grab one. But in Matthew chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-six, it says this: There were some people they were asking the teacher, which is Jesus, the Rabbi, and they try to trip him up, but he flat out just preaches the Word in a way that changes lives, and in. Verse 26 or 36, it says this. Teacher, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? It says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with what? All your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Do you notice which one he started with, by the way? Your heart your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And he said, let's, let's just not settle there because a lot of people have been okay with that. But he said, let's raise the bar. Let, let's raise it just a little bit more. And the second is likewise. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. Love those who do not like you. Love those who are stuck in a mess. You got to love them all. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, love requires us to love God and love others. We've heard those four words before. Those Those are nothing new to us, especially those in a church culture. And as we go, it will build on and multiply outward, even in the mess, even in the brokenness, even in the emptiness, in the darkness, and all those who are looking for the one thing that builds on, love. My question for us today is if you claim to follow, if you claim to follow God, if you claim to follow Jesus, if you can't love people, how can you follow God? If if you can't love people, how can you follow him? You see, Jesus always allowed the Father's love to flow through him to others. It wasn't designed to sit here and do this. It was designed to do this in a way that radically changed our communities. Today, what is love requiring us to engage. Who is it? Who is that one image in your mind that you know you have to talk to today? Who is it? What we believe Jesus is asking from us now is, is more obedience and trusting, even though it doesn't make sense and it might be upside down but more trust to love on more people in ways that only points back to him through centering and pointing and living to send out more people and to plant more vibrant gatherings, movements around our location where we call home in Harricksburg, Stanford, Liberty, Springfield, Lancaster. We're all about what it looks like to multiply outwards and then to see it ripple even further. But this only gets accomplished. This only gets accomplished through you. Through you. Not through me, through you. So what does love require of you? That's up to you. It's up to you to surrender fully in a way or devote yourself fully to, to who Jesus who Jesus is, not who Jesus was, who Jesus is, and where He wants to take us. You see, our next steps is what we do know, 100 percent with clarity our next step as a church are to continue to do the things that multiply his love to others and to begin to look at how we can become more intentional with our time, our resources, and his love through us. And it's our vision to continue to build on this idea of what love built. And we know the only way we can do that is is to move locations at this point. We understand that. It's been it's been coming and the loft has served a great great season of our life but we know the next season will be now at that green building on the street corner of 2nd and Main where there's all these signs now on every single window that says love built this it's not going to have center point's name on it it's going to have love and when people look in where they, they're they're going to say what is going on and the only thing you can say is Jesus Love building something special. And what does special look like? This is what we hope to see. We hope to see a, an after-school teenager hangout place, an after-school safe haven for teenagers where they can come and, and get, build relationships to, to, to learn what, what the gospel means to them, to, to feel loved. We're excited to partner with, with like-minded organizations like the Hope Network and just really just allow that to be a catalyst for our community in a way that changes lives, impacts them now, and keeps them safe after school. We also have a desire to to really go after this in a way that can change families' lives. But we know that there's families in our community that have special needs kids. And what we know is they don't choose to go to church on Sundays simply because they, they feel like there's not a place for them. That breaks my heart, but I got to go visit a church that does this in Georgia, and I was like, man, I can't wait till we have the space to do this. And we casted a vision, and we've got people coming alongside and saying, you know what, I am all in on that one because I can't wait to be loved on by some kids. And I can't wait to see what God does through some families who've never been loved on in a very, very long time. I also know there's an opportunity to to launch a a Christian counseling center because this this area desperately needs a Christian environment where counseling can be the center of their marriage, of wherever their walk is currently. I also know that wherever we can choose to partner with other like-minded people, we're going to do it that multiplies outwards in that location even the heart of Danville or other hearts that people decide to, to engage us. We just want to be a beacon of, of life. And that's why we're going to call it the warehouse on Main where life happens. We don't want our name on it. We just want love to be the center of it. We just don't want another location. We desire to see you invest into love that changes lives, that, that uses a space a physical space to change a community and that ripples out over the next community and therefore outward in a way that only God can get the credit for. And how do I know all this is true and accurate? It's because over the last month, I've had more encounters with Jesus that I have time to share. But I do have one. I was reading in my scriptures on a sun, Sunday, I think, and, and it was Sunday after, after our gathering up here. I was reading in the book of Habakkuk, and Habakkuk was one of the minor prophets that was just going through some times and just, re, you know, just investing into the community and investing into and recording down what God was revealing to him. And, and right there out of the gate, I, I read Habakkuk 1. five, and, and I just highlighted it in my Bible. And if you don't know the story literally that I highlighted a couple of passages, but this is the one that really stuck out to me, and I was just really blown away by, by what it said. And, and, and I met a guy that came from literally India, the country, not Indiana, India, you know, the 1.3 billion people. He said, Man, I, I need to meet with you on Monday. He came and he shared with me. We loved, we prayed. And he goes, can, can, I, can I just share a verse with you? God told me to share this verse with you. And there's no way anybody would have known that I highlighted this verse. But this is the verse that he wanted to share with me. And this is what it said. You're going to be utterly amazed. Be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And I said, do what? What would you What did you say? He said in his own you know, voice from India, I said, Habakkuk 1.5. I mean, it, just, it was, it, my ear's wide open right now, man. I was all in in what he was revealing. He said, you're gonna be utterly amazed. I said, no, I'm utterly floored you are going to be utterly amazed for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And he went on to read the next two passages even in chapter two and in chapter three that I highlighted. And I was like, there is no way. How did, Jesus, what are you trying to reveal? Even if I were told, I wouldn't believe. It's only my job to receive. And my question is for you, have you what's going on in your life right now? Where is God moving? What is love asking of you? How are you going to invest? What are you willing to do? Is it just a t-shirt that you can wear and and just say, you know, I'm all in. I wanna go serve. And, And by the way, talking about serving, there is a way you can serve and you can begin to start to begin to partner. There's a lot of cleanup and demo in that facility. And what we are asking is, Possibly, you would just sign up and get some name and some info, and those things are out there at starting point, out there in the lobby, and you can sign one of those pieces of paper, and you can say, you know what, I got, I got no money, but I got two hammers or two thumbs, (laughs) and I'm ready just to go at it. I don't know how to paint, but I'm learning to learn. I'm ready to try. And I'm ready to share this, what Jesus is doing in me because that's what's more important because I want to be about what love is about. He's about ready to build something that literally is going to change the landscape of Danville, Kentucky, and it's going to ripple out in a way that changes our culture. And I believe that with all my heart. Even yesterday, you guys don't even understand the conversation that I had that nearly rocked my soul. But what does it mean for you? What does love require of you? There is a moment all of us have to own. And and what does it mean for us? We just know that this moment requires something. And I know that when Jesus said, hey, you need to come and follow me. This is not manipulation. This is just something where we're just gonna ask people, if you're in and you're all in, this is a place you call home that you would consider what it really means to, to begin to partner and dream with us, to, to really ask that question. And I just pray that you possibly just take one of these and just start to pray over it and ask, because in a couple of weeks, we're gonna take them back up. We're gonna take them back up and our goal is to raise 25 to $30,000. That's, that's the goal. Because that's gonna be the, the launching point of what, happens. And from here on out, the next five years, every month of May, Cinco de Mayo, we're going to have a love built this type of offering. Because I think what he's trying to do through us is something so much more than we can ever believe or experience. But we have to be willing to come to the table. And we're going to rewatch a video. And during this video, I just want you guys to come and respond. If you feel led, I don't, I, don't, I don't want just to feel any pressure. And there's, 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 there's offering little things in the back and there's some out there in the tables. But these envelopes, what they represent for us is, 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 is we're, we're all in together. This is not gonna get done without you, your participation and what you're doing. And this song by Sidewalk Prophets is, is what I thought would be the best, best song for this moment. You See, Jesus invited us all to come to the table because that's where life happens. That's where life happens. There's an invitation here to build on something that only he can get the credit for, but you have to move. It's, it's, it's your move. And for some of you, it might be with a check. It might be with a penny. But I know Jesus will multiply it and he will build on it. But it goes back to you. I'm just going to ask that we watch this video. You respond. You respond. And we're just going to trust that Jesus is building something that literally can change lives that change lives.
1: We all start on the outside. The outside looks where grace begins we were hungry we were thirsty with nothing left to give oh the shape that we were in and just when all hope seemed
0: prayer is this, that when we move, it's not about a physical location. But it's about a table of opportunities that's built on love. Where life happens. Where a bunch of Motley crew misfits literally dives into what love can build on. And we do it in a way that multiplies outward and welcomes people in from all walks of life. And they experience the love that changes everything. And when that happens, get ready. You will be utterly amazed. Even if I told you, you would not believe it. So Jesus, today as we just say, move us, challenge us, create tension in us so we are fully in the tension mode of how you love us, God, I'm just asking for us, our hearts, to be one. That the devil has no grounds here, even if it's a broken elevator. He can't claim anything through stealing, through through lying, through destroying. That we're going to focus on centering and pointing and living, and you're going to provide life through that that changes lives. I pray that in a way that as we go and we continue this movement, we see things that literally allow us to step back and say, yes, God. That's what that looked like. I didn't know how it was going to look, but now I'm just, I'm utterly amazed. Jesus, I pray for all of us to answer this question, what does love require of me today? And maybe it is just a step across the room. Or maybe it's something more. And Father, for the person who is here that's just so far from you that just doesn't even know what it means to love you, I just pray during this next time, this this moment we have to worship you right now, that they just start to experience you in a way that moves their heart. And they realize that the love, the love that you have for them could change everything. May they be open to it. May they receive it, believe it, and know that they're a child of the ones you keep. Father, that's my prayers. we just sing this song of how you love us. In your name, amen. Hey, we're gonna sing a song. Why don't you stand and sing with us? Hey, the altar's open. You can still come to the table. And maybe you just wanna grab a bunch of people and just come up here and pray together. It's your call. I'm just asking
1: you to move and be obedient to what Jesus is doing.